Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor W. Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7:24 that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. So as I read through this, if there's anything in here you don't like. Now last night, people got up and walked out of church because if you say anything to someone that they disagree with, they're going to get up and walk out. That's their protest, right? And that's fine. That's fine. But I want you to hear me out. These are not my words. And these really aren't even the words of Paul. They come from the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now just remember that, okay? I'm trying to help you out. Verse 3. It is God's will. Everybody say God's will. So, so get this. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. You say, what in the world is that? That you should avoid. And the word avoid, we've done a lot of research on that, and that word means avoid. <laughs> Sexual immorality. Then he says in verse 4 that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. Again, he expects the heathen to act a certain way. But this is written to the church. And he says to those in the church, do not act like the heathen who do not know God in this matter, No one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. In other words, don't lead anybody astray. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we've already told you and warned you. And here it is in verse 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Now, there are those five verses, there's five sermons. But for today's purposes, the context Remember that this is the Greco-Roman era. Thessalonica was a port city. It was on the Via Ignatia Way. It was a metropolitan city. It was a wealthy city. And Paul was writing from Corinth and from Athens in southern Greece. Things were so worldly there in Corinth, they actually had a temple 
where people would go to worship and it had a thousand prostitutes in it. So Paul is writing this during a time where sexual promiscuity was prevalent and common in this part of the world, kind of like our culture is today. I would argue that not much has changed since 1 Thessalonians was written 2,000 years ago. Los Angeles is basically a port city. We're a wealthy city. We are a metropolitan city, and sexual immorality is prevalent and common today. It's probably one of the biggest battles that we face today in a culture where marriage vows no longer matter, where pornography is at our fingertips, and where the Bible is no longer revered or respected. But Paul says to those Thessalonians, and he says to us, to saved people, to the, to the church people, those who are living under the umbrella of grace. Keep living to please God and do that more and more. And if I had one area, just one area to discuss in pleasing God, it would be in the matters of sexual immorality. Be pure, be sanctified, be holy. Now, in your notes, there's a, there's a box. You see that box in your notes? And there's two words. One word says justified. And one word is sanctified. Now, justified, if you look at Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. That's That's salvation. That's when you're justified. That's where uh, when you get saved and you put your faith in Jesus, it's just, just as if you'd never ever committed a sin. You're justified. But in our text, it doesn't say justified. In this text, it's talking about being sanctified. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. Now, here's what I want you to know. Paul the Apostle, he wrote both verses. He wrote them both. Paul says that every person needs to be justified and every person needs to be sanctified. What's the difference? Well, there is a difference. You can write this down. To be justified is means that you're, you've been pardoned from your sin. God no longer holds your sins against you. Not your past sins, not your current sins, or your future sins. You've been pardoned. So that one day when you stand before God to give an account for all of your sins, Jesus, your judge, will be by your side. And he will say, Father, I died for their sins, and therefore he's been pardoned. She's been pardoned. That's what it means to be justified. Now, to be sanctified means that it's, you're, you're still being purified. Because even though... Even though you're saved and you've been pardoned, you're still wrestling with your sins in your life because you're you're of the flesh. And so one is something that's happened to you, but one is something that you're constantly involved with. Secondly, write this down. Uh, To be justified means that you've been declared righteous. Jesus says you are made righteous not by your works and your deeds but by what i did upon the cross for you you 
You've been declared, oh, you say, well, I'm really not righteous. Yes, you are. God, uh, God has declared you righteous if you put your faith in Jesus. However, being a disciple means that you're constantly trying to grow in righteousness. Some of you got saved and you were involved in things you didn't even know they were wrong. And you kept doing the wrong things even though you're saved. Then you started coming to church, you started reading your Bible, hmm, I better stop that. And there's this constant process where the Lord is trying to knock off everything in your life that doesn't look like Jesus. Number three, write this down. To be justified is a one-time act. It's what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. He goes to the cross to die for your sins and mine. It's a one-time act. But to be sanctified is a constant, continual, continuous process in your life. Amen? Amen. I want to say this to you again. You've got to understand the difference. Doing good works, living a pure life, avoiding sexual immorality doesn't save you. It doesn't justify you. It doesn't make you right with God. You're saved. You're justified the moment you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. However, once you're saved, once you've been justified... There's still another process that needs to take place. Your sanctification. Being justified doesn't give you a license to sin. Being justified means that you have so much love and respect and gratitude for what Christ did for you on the cross. It just leads you naturally to want to please Him. To want to live a holy and a pure life. I want to give you four things quickly. Number one, write this down. These are quick. i got to go quick. Number one, I just want you to know, sex is good. It's a good. It's good. God was the one who created it. Some people think sex is bad. No, sex is not bad. Sex is good. But just so you know, you weren't the one that thought it up. God, when he created Adam and he created Eve, He was the one that created us male and female. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to put those people down there on that earth and I'm going to put something in them that's going to help them multiply and man, they're going to have a good time. (laughs) And they're going to really thank me when they figure this whole thing out. (laughs) And so he created us. God, God was the one who thought it up. He dreamed it up, dreamt it up. It created us for this thing, okay? It's good. Number two, write this down. It's to be shared. God has, God has guidelines and rules for everything. And even though it's good, and even though He created it, His guideline is that it should only be done in a union of marriage between a man and a woman. That was His plan. Sex is like a powerful river. It is a beautiful thing when it's kept within the boundaries of marriage. Marriage between a man and a woman. It's actually a destructive thing whenever it takes place outside of marriage. Like a river that goes over its banks. It's not good. Now, number three, write this down. Sexual purity is essential. 
if you want to walk in holiness. He says in verse 3, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Now, people walked out when I said this last night. Just remember, these are not my words. These are his words. This comes underneath his authority. Now, you can walk out of here and be mad at God, but you can't walk out of here and be mad at me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. This phrase, sexual immorality, you've got to get this. It's a word, if you study it, it's a broad word that means any, t- any type of sexual activity that is outside the boundaries of a union between a man and a woman, a marriage. Anything that is outside of that, you need to avoid. That would include adultery. That would include pornography. It would include homosexuality. It would include prostitution. It would include pedophilia. It would include any type of fornication, anything that is outside the boundaries or the the guidelines of a husband and a wife being united to one another in marriage. You need to avoid that at all possible cost. Doesn't mean you're not going to have temptations. It just means to say you need to avoid that, run from it, flee from it. Verse 7 says, for God did not call you to be impure, but God called you to live a holy, holy life. You say, Pastor, I don't, I, don't think I, can, I, don't, I don't think I can live a pure life. I would agree you can't on your own. The fourth point, write this down. Victory is only attainable via the Holy Spirit of God. Because of the flesh and culture that drags all of us into a world of sexual immorality of some form. The only thing that will ever give you victory in the flesh is when you lean in and trust fully upon the leading of God's Spirit within you. Look at verse 8. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God. Who gives you his what? See, I I don't really care what the Supreme Court says, to be honest with you. I don't care what Hollywood says is okay. I don't care what every politician says is okay. I don't care what the next door neighbor says is okay or what culture deems as okay. The only thing that matters is what, what does God and God's word say? And God's Word says that we need to avoid any form of sexual immorality. Ephesians 5.3 says there shouldn't even be a hint of sexual immorality in a believer. Now, there are three groups of people here. I can put every one of you in one of three camps. Camp number one are those of you who are walking down the right path and you're living a pure life and you're not engaged in any kind of sexual uh, immorality of any kind. And if you're living on that path, I say, God bless you. Keep living a life to please God and keep doing that more and more. Keep doing that. That's camp number one. Camp number two are people who are here right now within the sound of my voice. You are at a crossroads and you are thinking this very moment of engaging in some type of sexual immorality. 
and you know you probably shouldn't, you know that you should live a life of purity, and you're in this tug of war, the flesh is strong, and I would say to you, trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit, and if you're contemplating walking down this road, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, turn and get on that path of holiness, that path of righteousness. That's, that's camp number two. Camp number three. And you're in one of these three camps are people who've already blown it. You've already messed up and you've done it a thousand times. And now you hear a sermon like this and man, I'm the Holy Spirit in the, it just starts to bother you and it's called a conscience. And I say to you, as 1 John 1, 9 says, if that's you, you need to come to Jesus and if you confess your sins to him, not to the preacher, confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just and will forgive you of all your sins and all of your unrighteousness. He will forgive you. He will allow you to start over and begin a brand new life. And I don't care how many times you've done something wrong, how bad it is, how severe it is. If you'll come to Jesus, he'll wash all your past away. He'll forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. He'll place his Holy Spirit within you this very moment. And he'll put you on this path. And you're a new creature. It's a new start, a new beginning. I know a lot of us have a bad past, but from this day forward, you can make a commitment that you're going to live a life of holiness, a life of righteousness, a life of pleasing God, and doing that more and more and more. You can do that today. My last point, write this down. He, in this context, everybody say context. He tells us that we've got to learn how to love all people. And to do that more and more. He says, now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to do what? To love each other. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. I want you to write this down. Question not our highest priority, which is to love God and to love one another. And if you think about this logically, every single person in this room, either you are currently involved in some type of sexual immorality and you're not living to please a life that pleases God or you know of someone someone you're related to one of your best friends one of your co-workers and what's our job I'm talking to the church now what's our job as a church These instructions do not come from me. They do not come from Paul. They come from God himself. Avoid sexual immorality. Be sanctified. But in that context, he says, but don't stop loving each other. And so, how are we ever going to make a difference in people's lives that are caught up 
in a life of sexual immorality? What, what is the answer there? To preach at them? Yell at them? Argue with them? The answer. You don't condone. Never condone sin. But you continue to love people. You say, well, how, how are we going to reach them? Write this down. Next slide. Quiet lives will lead to the respect of outsiders and will open up doors. Some of you out here are some of the most, you're rascals. Some of you are a million miles away from where you should be, but I want you to know it does not affect how much I love you and how much I care about you and how much I want you to learn to do right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, not tell you what's in the Bible because I want to keep your friendship. I'm going to tell you what's in the Bible. But it says in verse 11, these are the last two verses we're going to look at today. He says, make it your ambition. Some of you have these, you're just like a driven, ambitious person, which is good. This, this is called a paradox. If you don't know what a paradox is, this is a paradox. He says, make it your ambition to do what? To lead a quiet life. To mind your own business. You know what social media is really about? Social media is about minding everybody's business. <laughs> and Paul says, no, here's how we're going to change this world. Not by you getting involved in everybody's business. You just take care of your own business. And go to work, he says, every day. And show up to work on time. Be the first one there, the last to leave. And whatever job you have, you do it to the best of your ability mind your own business live a quiet life remember remember that the thessalonians were hated as christians the world didn't like them the world persecuted them the world mocked them the world made fun of them hey just like today here in la i'm a christian the world mocks me the world makes fun of me the world thinks i'm the one that's wrong and they're the one that's right what is my job? Not to yell, fight back. My job is just to do my job and to live a quiet life, do it to the best of my ability. And when I do that, I start to build bridges with people that typically don't like Christians. But they go, you know, there's something different about you. Well, why, 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 why do you work harder than everybody else around here? Why are you always the first one here and the last one to leave? And why do you love all people? I, I, th I thought Christians, I thought, I thought you Christians only liked a few people. Oh, no, man, we love everybody. But in doing so, that's what enables you to build bridges and open up doors of opportunity to share the gospel. Amen. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Our website again is liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. 
we exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, one thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.